I'm going to pray and, and we're going to get into it. So let's go to the Lord. Lord Jesus, again, we are a people who are so thankful. Thankful for your presence here with us. Thank you, God, that as we get into your word, that it would become a living, breathing word in our hearts. Holy Spirit, we look to you to do that work this morning. Pray that you would bring revelation as we talk about your principles, as we get into the words on the page, God, I thank you that it's going to be written words, alive, moving and breathing in our hearts. So Holy Spirit, we calm our hearts right now. We slow down. And Lord Jesus, we are, we're listening to you. So I thank you, God, that you would be faithful to speak. Thankful to plant these words in our hearts, Lord. And as they're planted, God, I thank you that they're going to grow and bear much fruit that glorifies and speaks of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this morning, we are going to continue uh, a series that we've been doing over the past, uh, pushing on two months now. Uh, we've been talking about soul maps. And in talking about soul maps, for anyone who hasn't been here or just forgets things throughout the week like me, Soul maps, we've been, we've been talking about the emotional state of what's been going on. I was discerning as we were able to come back to church from this time away. I know for a lot of people it was a really emotional time and still continues to be. Uh, it's, there's just a lot of up and down. There's a lot of craziness and things that are just make, could make you feel unsettled. And in light of that, I thought, okay, some of us are finding ourselves in new territory, even within ourselves in uncharted territory emotionally. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted us to go to, to Scripture, to the Psalms, to prayers that have been written and prayed for centuries that truly are all the wide range of emotional expression put here in words to the Lord to be given to Him, submitted to Him to see what He could do with it. And so we, we've been using these Psalms, we've been calling Psalms soul maps. And that's what they are truly. It's ways to map where are my emotions right now and how can I give this to the Lord? And so this morning, I want us to, to talk about anger. And we got kids in the house, I know. Uh, so any of y'all kids ever get angry at your parents? Never? Okay, none of the Hoffman children ever get mad at their parents. That's good. I know there's at least one back there who tends to get angry with her mommy and daddy. But that's only when we don't want, uh, play bubble guppies when we should. But uh, So I know the kids can e have experienced anger, but here's my real question to the kids. Have y'all ever seen your parents get angry at you? You know what that's about, yeah. Uh-huh. I know, I know one back there that's seen that too. Never over here? They haven't seen that? Okay. Well, I figured this would be an appropriate one for a kid's service because the the kids see it just as, about as good as anybody does. They pick up on it. But but truly, anger, I'll just be real with y'all, uh, and that's what I've been trying to do over this entire series, is to be as personal as I can. Honestly, anger has been a really difficult one for me because I really, I pride myself on being a person of peace and calm. Uh, just, I, I like to think of myself as that, as a peacemaker and a person who cultivates the peace of the Lord. And so I've found it difficult to identify anger in myself. 
I've, uh, recently, our church staff, we went through a, a book about emotionally healthy spirituality. And we were talking about identifying the things that make you angry as a, a positive indicator toward what God's given you passion about and, and how He's specifically designed you to address certain areas of life. And honestly, I thought and thought and prayed and prayed, and it was so hard for me to identify anger in myself because it's one of those things that I've, I've tried to value not being angry. And honestly, uh, that's not a good thing necessarily. You know, it, there's good things about it, but, but anger in and of itself is not a good thing or a bad thing. Anger is an emotion. Again, like, like we've talked about in all of these things, emotions in and of themselves, they're indicators. They point us towards something. They show us, they reveal something that's going on internally that is not necessarily good or bad. It's about what we do with it. Are we going to submit to it? Are we going to yield to that emotion and just spiral? Are we going to neglect the emotion and pretend like it's not there and it fester beneath the surface until something crazy happens? Or are we going to take that what we, that indicator that's internal and are we going to submit it to the Lord and allow it to be something healthy and useful? And so, honestly, anger has been something that I've suppressed in the past and that's that's not necessarily a good thing. And so what I want us to talk about this morning is I want to talk simply about praying your anger. That's my encouragement. That's my encouragement for us this morning is pray your anger. It's okay that it's there. Pray your anger because God's the one that needs to hear it and God's the one that needs to make it into something that's actually beautiful. So whenever we come to anger, honestly, it can be it can be difficult to talk about for a variety of reasons, both for our own personal experiences, like the one I described about myself just now, but then even biblically, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of different angles and a lot of different people split hairs on different things about anger. Uh, and you know, you could you could possibly be confused as you go and look into biblical anger. Even, you know, I was uh, brought to. Um, Ephesians 4, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus there and quoting one of the Psalms, he says to not let the sun go down on your anger, to be angry and not sin. And so he gives them encouragement to be angry and to not sin. And then literally five verses later. So if you go to Ephesians 4, that's Ephesians 4.26. Five verses later in Ephesians 4.31, he's telling them to flee all malice and slander and anger. So. Five verses ago, he's telling them, be angry, do not sin. Then later on, he's saying, flee anger. And even in the life of Jesus, you see uh, in Mark 3, verse 5, there's this, Jesus is going to heal a man with a withered hand, but it was on the Sabbath. And he says, is it lawful? He asked the people around him, is it lawful for, for someone to heal on the Sabbath? And they were all like, kind of taking a step back, not answering. And he, it says that Jesus looked at them with anger. Because of the hardness of their heart, he was grieved over the hardness of their hearts. He looked at them with anger. Jesus did. And we've seen other instances like driving people out of the temple with a whip where Jesus was angry. And Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount says that you've heard it said that if you kill your brother, but I say to you, if you're even angry with your brother, that you're liable to judgment. So even Jesus, he says, well, if you're, if you're angry with your brother, you're liable to judgment. But Jesus himself was angry. And so even like looking at this and even trying to discern in ourselves, like, okay, we talk about righteous anger a lot. 
And so have you ever thought to yourself, is what I'm feeling right now, is this righteous anger or is this just me exploding in an unhealthy, unrighteous way? And that's hard to discern sometimes. You know, Scripture says that the heart is deceitful above all else. It's hard to discern where we're coming from sometimes. It's hard to know, am I righteously angry right now or have I just had a bad day? Did I just sleep wrong? I got a crick in my neck and now I'm yelling at my kids about it. You can't call that righteous anger. Okay, but it's, it's hard to discern in the moment what, what that is. And so my encouragement this morning is I'm not going to try to split and tell you exactly what's righteous, what's unrighteous anger. I'm just going to encourage all of us to pray our anger because truly we have a great teacher in the Holy Spirit who's with us, in us. And as we pray our anger, he can tell us whether this is righteous, whether it's unrighteous, whether it's something that we need to check in ourselves And He can be the one who refines it into something that can bring glory and further His kingdom. So that's my encouragement this morning is that we pray our anger. And whenever we come to pray, even things like anger, we have maps for it. We're not on our own. We don't have to just come to this willy-nilly. We can can tread some well-worn trails as far as praying your anger goes. And so in keeping with that, I, I want us to go to Psalm 109, Psalm 109, and that's what I'm going to do this morning is we're just going to take a journey through this psalm. It's a psalm of David, and he is pouring out some anger to the Lord. He's praying his anger, and so as we go through this, I kind of want us to to find some indicators even for ourselves. If you uh, if you have your Bible or a Bible app, then you can follow along there, but if you have the Victory Life Church app on your phone, I've got the notes up there as well. So if you want to follow the notes through the app, you're, you're welcome to do that. But we're just going to kind of follow through this psalm and see how it is that David prays his anger. Because how many of y'all want to be better at anger? I want to be good at it. I've, like I said, I've been a person of peace and pride myself on that. I've gone through some situations over the past few months where I've just been angry and not known what to do with it. Not knowing how to process this, how to put it before the Lord, how to deal with it in a righteous and healthy way. Because honestly, we're going through times as a country, as individuals, as a church, as a community, we're going through things that really are uncharted territories. And I want us to be good at anger. So let's pray that to the Lord. So let's just go ahead and get it started here. Psalm 109. I'm reading from the English Standard Version, but if you've got another one, then that's fine. You'll get into heaven too. Maybe. I'm not the judge of that. Psalm 109, starting in verse 1. Be not silent, O God of my praise, for wicked and deceitful mouths are opened against me. Speaking against me with lying tongues, they encircle me with words of hate and attack me without cause. In return for my love, they accuse me, but I give myself to prayer. So they reward me evil for good and hatred for my love. See, here in this very beginning, these first five verses, we're already seeing David's in a predicament here. He feels like God is distant. He's saying, don't be distant. And what he's going to resign himself to here, he says, I've given myself to prayer, but I give myself to prayer. In the middle of this anger, this situation, I'm going to pray it. David is praying his anger here. What we're about to read these next few verses, you're going to read some praying of anger. Okay, it's going to get interesting, but that's what David's resigned himself. I've given myself to prayer. Let's go on starting in verse six here. 
Appoint a wicked man against him. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is tried, let him come forth guilty. Let his prayer be counted as sin. May his days be few. May another take his office. May his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. May his children wander about and beg, seeking food far from the ruins they inhabit. May the creditor seize all that he has. May strangers plunder the fruits of his toil. Let there be none to extend kindness to him, nor any to pity his fatherless children. May his posterity be cut off. May his name be blotted out in the second generation. May the iniquity of his fathers be remembered before the Lord. And let not the sin of his mother be blotted out. Let them be before the Lord continually, that he may cut off the memory of them from the earth. I'm going to stop here for a second to just let us all breathe. Okay, so take a deep breath. Are you feeling the warm fuzzies from being at church this morning? Not yet. <laughs> that was pretty intense, huh? Have you? I mean, you don't have to be honest about this, but have you ever prayed a prayer similar to that? I've, I've, I mean, I've had some deep, dark issues. I've had problems with people. I don't think I've ever prayed that someone's children be fatherless. I don't think I've gone there before. But David's going there. He's praying his anger to the Lord. He's pouring it out to God in the most heartfelt, not hiding anything kind of stuff from God. And honestly, this, this is a really good start in praying our anger. It's okay to show your frustration to the Lord. It's okay to pour out all the things that you feel, all those things that you're thinking, because guess what? God knows it anyway. God knows what's going on in your heart. He knows that stuff. It feels, maybe it's like, oh, this is too deep, too dark, too bad. And maybe it's not about a person. This could be about a situation that you're going through. This could be about something even within yourself that you've done that is making you angry and pouring that out for, to the Lord. Honestly, it, it's a healthy thing if we express it to God. It's a healthy thing if we put it to Him. I've, I've been talking to someone. I've spoken to someone recently who's gone through a lot of heartaches, a lot of issues uh, in, in the past few months. Just experienced just things that contributed to losing their job, livelihood, uh, relationships falling apart. And all, all the time our conversations have been, he's kind of come back and said, but you know, I'm just, I know I need to be thankful. So I'm just, I'm thankful. I'm, you know, I've just been telling God how thankful I am. And can I get a witness? It is true that in all things we are to give thanks. In all things, that, that's true. We're to give thanks. But I, I noticed something that he truly wasn't even expressing to himself or to God how upset he was about what was going on. And that was truly going on in his heart. And so I, I, I told him, I'm like, you do need to be thankful. That's good. I'm glad that you're thankful and you should continue that. But did you know, like, are you angry? Are you upset? about what's happened in your life over the past few months? And he's like, well, yeah, I, I am. I was like, well, you should pray that. You should talk to God about that. Like, he's a big, big God. Uh, you know, he can handle that. And, I, you know, I'm not giving him advice to go curse God and die. Okay, we've seen that advice, and that's not good. But I wasn't giving him that advice, but I told him, tell God how you're feeling. Tell God how upset you are about what's happened here. And he, he did that. He said, you know, I, just, I was real with God last night. And 
I, I told him how upset I was. I told him all these things that were going on. And he was like, I slept better last night than I have in months. Just knowing that I had put that out in front of the Lord. He felt peace. He felt peace just in the, in the giving it over to God. Just in the talking to Him about it. It feels scary sometimes to say, I'm really upset about this. I'm really actually angry about this. I hate that this is going on. I hate what that person has done to me. I hate that I've lost my job. I hate that COVID is going through our community right now. I hate that. I'm angry about that. It's okay to express that to the Lord. That's what David is doing here. But guess what? The reason why we have a soul map here is because that's not the end of the prayer. Okay, if that was the very last verse of this prayer, then maybe things would be a little bit different. But he starts this out just expressing all of his anger to the Lord. And we, we learn a little bit more even as we continue. So I'm going to pick it back up again, knowing it's good and it's right to express your anger to the Lord. In verse 16, He's still talking about this guy that he wants to be fatherless or childless. It, it, he wants it to be bad for them. For he did not remember to show kindness, but pursued the poor and needy and the brokenhearted to put them to death. He loved to curse, let curses come upon him. He did not delight in blessing, may it be far from him. He clothed himself with cursing as his coat, may it soak into his body like water like oil into his bones. May it be like a garment that he wraps around him, like a belt that he puts on every day. May this be the reward of my accusers from the Lord, of those who speak evil against my life. I want to pause here again, because here we're getting into a little bit more about what anger can teach us. As we're praying our anger to the Lord, he's still, he's still coming against this person, right? He's still asking for some recompense from the Lord to this this person that's done him wrong. But here you start to see a little bit of the why. Something that's underneath. And here's a truth about anger that I want to make sure that we're all on the same page about. Is that anger is kind of like an iceberg. So there's this tip of the iceberg that you see, that you're exposed to. You can see what's going on. But there's so much underneath. There's stuff that, that the anger speaks to underneath the surface that's actually lurking just underneath. And something that is a characteristic of righteous and good, holy anger is that what's going on underneath, what's making the anger come up is a desire for justice. A desire for righteousness. A desire for love. You know, our God is a God of anger. But anger isn't the first thing. He's, anger, he's angry because He is righteous. And because of His righteousness, He is angry at unrighteousness. Our God is a God of love. Because of love, He is angry at things that would hurt the people who He loves, who He's created in His image. He hates sin. He is angry at sin and unrighteousness because of His love. Because of His righteousness. He hates injustice because He is a God of justice. And so here you start to see, even in this verse 16, what, why is David pouring out all of this anger about this person? It says, because he did not remember to show kindness and he pursued the poor and needy. Because of, all, because of injustice, because of this, this coming against God's beautiful creation, that is where this anger is coming from. And so as we start to pray our anger, I think it's important that we we start to discern and ask God, why am I angry right now? What is the point? 
what is the point of this? Is this coming because I really truly believe that someone has been done wrong? I believe that there is injustice going on here that God hates and I'm angry about it. There's always something lurking underneath anger. Always something lurking underneath there. And so what is that thing? Why am I feeling it? And as you're pouring it out to God, I think those things start to become clear. Why am I so upset about this? Because we've been made in God's image. And as image-bearing creatures of the Most High God, it should cause us anger to see injustice. It should cause us anger to see unrighteousness. It should cause us anger to see the loving image of God marred and messed up in His creation. That should make us angry. And so here as he continues to pray even, we see a little bit of why. What's beneath this anger? What's beneath the surface that's causing this? And we see it even a little bit more as we move on. So, so that was talking about this, this injustice that was going on outside of him. Now, here in these next few verses, the magnifying glass kind of turns inward a little bit. and We start to see what's going on in David's heart. Where is, where, what does the anger mean inside of him? So in verse 20, 21, it says, But you, O God, my Lord, Deal on my behalf for your name's sake. Because of your steadfast love, it's good. Deliver me. For I am poor and needy, and my heart is stricken within me. I am gone like a shadow at evening. I am shaken off like a locust. My knees are weak through fasting. My body has become gaunt with no fat. I am an object of scorn to my accusers. When they see me, they wag their heads. In these verses, as the magnifying glass is kind of turned inwards, you know, I said that anger is like this iceberg. There's so much more going on underneath. As he's pouring out his, his anger and his rage to the Lord, you start to see what's going on internally with David. It's not, even aside from the, this injustice that he's seeing being done out there, even inwardly he's describing what he's feeling. As, he, as I read those words, I hear things like rejection and hurt, pain, insecurity, feeling like he's been cut off. You start to see what's going on inside of David. And so, so even many psychologists will talk about anger as a secondary emotion. Be, so what they mean by that whenever they talk about anger as a secondary emotion is that anger, a lot of times, is an emotion about an emotion. So... This is why I've been going through this series. We've talked about grief. We've talked about joy. We've talked about guilt. I've been going through all of these different emotions and trying to help us learn how to submit these things to the Lord. Because if we, if we can't identify, if we can't be in tune with what God's even trying to teach us internally, then a lot of times things like grief end up showing themselves as anger. A lot of people will go through grief and hurt, pain, losing a loved one, don't know how else to show it but to get upset at the people that they still have left around them. Have you ever seen that happen? Have you ever seen a little child who gets embarrassed by something? Maybe they, they fall down or something, they're not actually hurt, but it maybe embarrassed them some, and so they just get mad. You know, don't know what else to do with this emotion, but I'm just going to get angry about it. That's a lot of times what anger is. It's not necessarily the primary thing that we're feeling, but because of grief, because of guilt, because of insecurity, because of embarrassment, because of fear, 
what those things end up showing themselves on the surface as is anger. Because honestly, in our society, we don't have a lot of really great outlets for people to express emotion. And so whenever things get bottled up, overlooked, turned to the side, not prayed, they end up exploding themselves out in other ways. And that's not healthy. But so what what David is doing here is he's turning the magnifying glass inward. As he's, he's feeling this anger, what's going on with me? What, what's going on beneath the surface? And you see a lot of these other emotions that he's processing in front of the Lord. And this is what happens whenever we pray our anger. We, we have the opportunity to play that out in front of the Lord and allow him to even teach us. Have you ever gotten just so upset? I know we've got some external processors in the room. I'm not going to look at anybody in particular, okay? But have you, have you ever just been so angry about something, so mad that you just kind of unleash it on whoever's near you, whoever's around, just a listening voice? And you, Have you ever said something that you just kind of regretted after doing that? Like, oh, I wish I could take those words back. Well, you kind of can't. You know, once something is said, it's out there. You know, you can make some repairs here or there, but it's said. Whenever you express these kinds of emotions to the Lord, it's okay to pour out all of this, like even the raw, unfiltered, it's just coming straight out of me, and allow the Lord to teach you and to shape you in that process. That's okay. God can make room for that. And He can shape us and mold us to where whenever we're talking to somebody else, maybe it's a little bit more about how we actually feel and not just an anger outburst speaking. So anyway, David is is processing even what's going on for him internally here. He's turning the magnifying glass inward. And here the the rest of the psalm that reads like this from, from 26. Help me, O Lord, my God. Save me according to your steadfast love. Let them know that this is your hand. O Lord, you have done it. Let them curse, but you will bless. They arise and are put to shame, but your servants will be glad. May my accusers be clothed with dishonor. May they be wrapped up in their own shame as in a cloak. With my mouth, I will give great thanks to the Lord. I will praise him in the midst of the throng. For he stands at the right hand of the needy one to save him from those who condemn his soul to death. The closing of this psalm David wraps things up. He doesn't say, okay, well, I'm not mad at them anymore. Anger's done. Great. I would like to do that sometimes. You know, I've told you that sometimes I like to run from anger. No, David, even in closing this prayer, there's still anger here. He's still upset by what's going on. But it's through this prayer, through this time of just submitting it to the Lord, he's recognizing and realizing, but my God is a God of justice. My God will be the one to repay. Because I don't know if you know this, but especially now we know that our fight is not against flesh and blood. So even if you are angry with someone, that person is not your problem. There are powers, principalities, forces beyond just a single person who's made in the image of God. Those are the things that we're actually fighting against and should be angry about. So even when someone's done us wrong, we can still, as as Paul admonishes in Romans 12, we can leave repayment to the Lord. We can let Him be the one to judge and pay people back for what they've done wrong. We can leave that in His hands and do what God's called us to do and to forgive, even in anger. Even when we're upset with someone, someone's done us wrong, there is an injustice. We can pour that out in our anger to the Lord, knowing and trusting, believing in faith that He is a God of justice, 
that whether it be this life, the next, whether we see it or we don't see it, we know that He is going to repay. He is going to bring His justice. He is a good judge. He's faithful. There's no shadow. There's no change in Him. It's right, it's wrong, and He's the one that knows. He is the God of justice. Because, again, that's a lot where anger comes from. We want to protect. We want to see justice. And so we can pour those things out to the Lord. We can say it to Him in honesty, in rawness. We can pour out our anger unfiltered to Him. But we're always going to come back to this knowing that He is the God of justice. That us, if we find ourselves as a poor and needy person, we can find ourselves in His hands and that He's going to repay. That He's going to do it. So that's my, that's my encouragement to each of us today is to pray our anger. Pray your anger. It's okay to feel it. It's okay to be aware of it. But in all of these different emotions we've been talking about, we're submitting them to the Lord. That's how we submit anger to the Lord and see what it looks like in His hands. We pray our anger.